What's up everyone? Nick D'Angelo here with Saint Investment Group. Today we have amazing information for you. While there's plentiful information on what to do in real estate, today let's share with you guys some things not to do. What mistakes to avoid to be the most successful that you can be in your real estate investing for this year. The number one mistake to avoid is not knowing your goals, okay? What are your goals? Why are you doing all this work? Why are you spending time on this, right? If it's hearsay from a friend or family member, probably not good enough. Most importantly, you need to research the strategies you're looking for. Here are the top ones. Number one, cash flow, okay? Number two, wealth, AKA appreciation, AKA a longer buy and hold strategy, right? Number three, tax advantages, right? Between these three, and again, there's infinite strategies and, and reasons to buy properties out there, but these are the top three, cash flow, wealth and appreciation, and tax advantages, right? For us at Saint, we start everything with cash flow. That's why I use that as the first reference, okay? For us, we have investors. We have many investors and we need to return to them an ongoing return, okay? So while appreciation is great, we, even after decades and decades of experience, we don't believe that it's something that can be relied on on its own. So cash flow is king for us, right? Absolutely. Well, we have strategies like how to appreciate a property, forced appreciation, how to add value, uh, the tax advantages, AKA reducing tax drag, um, becoming more tax efficient. All those are great. Cash flow is king for us. And that's probably where I recommend you start to uh, make sure that you nail down the understanding of how to keep that at the highest level possible. Next is not knowing the basic, basic, basics before investing, right? You gotta know the lingo. You gotta know how to talk to brokers, to talk to landlords, to talk to sellers. You have to know how to get through. You gotta know the basics like basic lease terms and whatever industry or whatever market you're looking in, right? If you're industrial or you're single family residential, those are gonna be very different as far as their lease terms and customs, right? Next is you gotta know the basic financial situations, the basic types of leases, triple nets, uh, cam leases, what goes into those. You gotta know the structures of different deals from the seller. Is this a multi-partner situation? Is this a, um, a situation where kids have inherited this property and now you have to deal with 15 different people to sign off on documents for a sale? Gotta know these basics so that you can understand what goes into this and most importantly, where the opportunities and where the pitfalls might be. The next mistake to avoid is lack of knowledge in a market. And just like you have to know a market in order to successfully invest, we also wanna continue giving you the best information possible. So hit the like and subscribe button down below so that we can continue to give you that and know what you're looking more for. So lack of knowledge in a market. Okay, you gotta know not just your market, but what competing markets that are similar look like, right? Are you a central business district investor? right? The original CBD, right? So are you a central business district investor or do you like tertiary markets? Cause you might get a little bit higher returns there. What are the pitfalls and advantages of each? 
central business, just this is just off the cuff, central business, you're probably gonna have a lot easier time leasing, right? Probably gonna have a lot more stability, typically overall. Um, you're probably gonna have a lot higher quality property management opportunities. The more tertiary you go, you know, all the way to even possibly rural type scenarios, you're gonna have tougher property management, tougher leasing, sometimes tougher tenant mix, but you can push returns a little bit higher. You might see a five cap in a downtown or even a three cap in a downtown, but in many tertiary markets, you might see sevens, maybe eights or nines, you know? So those are things to consider, but knowing your market is key. If you're looking at retail, there are many considerations, just retail as an example, right? Ingress, egress, tenant mix, density of the population, what does this fit into the overall scheme of that local market? Is there a power center down the street that's just going to eat your lunch? And that's why the, the uh, individual is selling the property to begin with. Or are you kind of the neighborhood center and you own that little piece of the uh, market there as a unique operator? Also, a major mistake that we see all the time is jumping in head first without the experience. Okay. So the research is great. The understanding of the market is great. Having a drill down on financials and being able to chop through those is extremely important. But at the end of the day, experience trumps all. You know why? Is because you know things before they happen, right? You know how something feels, you know how something looks. And if you're playing it by the book and doing your due diligence the way you need to, then you're going to see situations come up consistently. For instance, and this is for both benefits and for pitfalls, right? So for instance, after a while of looking at financials, you kind of know what utility should be at. You know what kind of what percentage they should be at for different types of properties. So at this point, after going through probably, million, I don't know, thousands of pages of rent rolls, thousands of pages of different financials, I can tell you very quickly if the utilities are on par for the property or if the property is being mismanaged by ownership or property management. So one of the biggest things that many people see for retail centers and for multifamily buildings are water bills sky high or electrical sky high, things that are very easy to fix, but they happen often by creep or by just somebody not being good at their job, not being a good landlord or property manager. There are things that you can go in there and you can fix. Sometimes you'll find a leak. Sometimes you'll find tenants know that the water's free or the electricity's free, so they don't care. They'll leave the lights on forever indefinitely. They will 100% run the water in their space and do anything that they want to and need to, to just to, they're just living their lives, right? They're not trying to necessarily take advantage of the landlord, but at the end of the day, they have no incentive to be efficient with their use of those utilities often. So it's sometimes it's as simple as billing back on a pro rata. Sometimes it's as simple as separately metering and allowing the tenants to take care of their own utilities. This is just one example, but from one line item. But if I see water is at a certain place in the financials, I know very quickly that somebody's messed up somewhere or they don't have good enough systems in place to take care of that. Another major mistake that we see very commonly is when people think they know everything already, especially about the property. Oh, I saw the property, it looks like it's in good condition. Or, oh yeah, I assume that I know this because I read this or thought this or I've seen this before, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
you play by the book and you do the basics because the basics protect you. This is where systems come into play, right? If you're purchasing a property, do the full inspection. Have your inspector do the full thing. Don't try and save money on inspection costs, right? Overpay, pay more for the full, 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 full inspection. The more information you have, the more confident you can be about your purchase. So thinking you know everything beforehand only will hinder you from finding the true answers so that you can solve the true problems. And the last and final mistake that we want you to avoid for a successful year of investing are not having contingency plans. This is incredibly important, right? So if you think in terms of the exit of the property, which is probably the most common contingency plan needed, if you think you're gonna do something, you must know why. That's step one. But also, what happens if that doesn't happen? What happens if there's a new development with a competing property that completely throws off leasing in your market? Obviously, you need tenants for your building to be successful, right? So if that's the case and leasing is thrown off, you got to understand what your options are at that point. That might include extending the holding period, right? That's going to be some tough conversations with your investors or your returns for yourself might be completely thrown off. You must know what you're going to do in that case. You must know that if you have a value add play, what is going to be your marketing strategy to build the value add? How are you going to force appreciation on that? How much are you going to keep in capital reserves to make sure that you have that cushion as well? These are all things to take into consideration, but your contingency plan is what it is. It's your fallback plan. It's your plan that says, look, if our first choice for success isn't there, then we guarantee we're going to find the next best ahead of time. Rather than going into it with a one option plan, you must know what you would do and how you would do it if the first choice doesn't pan out. I hope this list helps you guys. It's going to be a big year. We're extremely excited. And after many years of experience, this is the top list of mistakes to avoid when investing in real estate. Hope it helps you guys. Cheers.